Amen. I'm excited to be here, guys. How about you? I was excited last week at Sand Key when we saw all those people baptized. That was so exciting. If you were baptized and you haven't gotten your certificate, you can get that at the information table in the lobby. But we celebrated with so many people. We lit that beach on fire for Jesus. Well, let you know, next week we have a special guest joining our worship team once again. Brother Titus Chapman is going to be joining us next week. So invite your friends, be a part of what God is doing here. Can you feel the Spirit of God in this place today? It's so good as we gather together with expectation that God's going to speak to us. And I believe that with everything in me. This is week three of a series we've called Good Vibes. How to stay positive in a negative world. We live in a broken, sinful, negative world. We live in a world that's divided, that can be so hurtful, that can be mean, mean-spirited. We've never seen such division in our nation than we feel right now. So how do you stay positive in the middle of those things? Last week, we talked about the importance of understanding that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. How many love God in here? then God's going to bring good out of your circumstances, but we've got to trust God and dare to believe that God is bigger than the brokenness of this world. Can you say amen to that? This week, we're going to be talking about, we have so many reasons to be encouraged. There's people constantly coming to me saying, I'm discouraged. I'm going through a time of depression. I'm so anxious because of all the things happening around me. We see the studies that are showing the suicidal rate is higher than it's been in so long. People are struggling with anxiety like they've never struggled before. So what do we do to stay on top of that? As believers, how can we overcome what the enemy is throwing our way? I believe that if we trust God, we dare to believe God that he's bigger than anything that we're going through, We're not just gonna overcome, but we are more than overcomers because of what Christ did for us on the cross. I can remember in 1999, I took a group of about 40 teenagers to Juarez, Mexico on a mission trip. Now, Juarez, Mexico was a very dark place. That's a place where a lot of people, they're trying to get into the United States and they run out of money. So the communities that are near the border are cardboard houses. So we would go and minister door to door in the cardboard houses. If you can imagine, I'm knocking on a cardboard box and people are coming to the door. We're witnessing. It was hard. People were sobbing as we ministered to them. Oftentimes we'd go into big open fields where there was no shade, there was no trees, and we would do vacation Bible schools for the kids. Now, this was during the summer of 1999. The temperatures got to 130 degrees. It was hot. I mean, really hot. And we would put on the skits. Some of us would get dehydrated during the day. And I noticed over time, the team was starting to get worn out. And part of the reason why they were worn out, we were in a base with Youth with a Mission, and they had run out of space. They overbooked the place. So what did they do? They put the countryside team on the floor, laying with no mattresses. We were just on the floor in the kitchen and in the living area of this house. It was so dirty, there would be times I would literally wake up, and this is the truth. I would wake up and there'd be three roaches underneath me. 
Welcome to missions. So as the team went on, as it, they started wearing down. They were tired, they were overheated, it was dirty, we couldn't rest. And I could tell the team was very, very discouraged. Halfway through the week, we're thinking, how am I gonna get through this week? I'm praying, God, just come. I'm praying for the rapture just so I can get out of 130 degree weather. And I'm not elated on this trip, so normally I count on being able to hold on to her ankle during the rapture, she's not even there. But I'm praying, God, come quickly. It was hot, it was miserable. And I clearly hear the Lord say, Glenn, you're the leader of this team. You need to begin to encourage this team. And so I had the idea that we were gonna gather. We had 20 guys, and we gathered in the living room of this house, and we made a big circle, and one by one, we began to put each person into the circle and begin to speak words of encouragement over them. I can remember Pastor Chris was on that team. He was probably 16, 17 years old at the time. Put him into the center, and I can remember he was tired. He was over all the sound and all the unloading, and he was worn out. And they began to speak over him, Chris, you inspire me because you're a servant. You're always consistent in your walk with the Lord. Man, you're touching so many lives because of what you're, and I could see Chris begin to perk up. And as each team member got in, they would start in the circle with their countenance that was discouraged. And by the time everyone spoke, they would get at least 50 reasons of why they were so great and how God was using them to change the world. And and they would leave that moment with a newfound energy and joy. So for the rest of the week, instead of going continue downhill, because the Spirit of God touched them with his just encouragement, one by one by one, The week started going up, and by the end of the week, we were on top of the world. See, what the enemy meant for harm, God turned it around for good. But it all started with words of encouragement. We live in a world where there's not a whole lot of encouragement that's happening around us. You turn on TV, it's not turning it on, and they're saying, God's with you. You're an overcomer. It's not there. You turn it on, it's like, it's dark, it's getting worse, it's divided, it's painful, it's hurt, it's bad news. But God has good news for you today. You are overcomers, and God's blessing is upon your life, and he wants to use us to be people and conduits of encouragement and life to the people around us. In your notes. This week, we started giving out our notes again. Did you get your notes? Hey, wave around the notes. Yeah. These have been sterilized. We had people with gloves that were passing this out. If you drop it on the ground, my mom always told me this. Even if it's food, you got 15 seconds, just blow on it, you're good. So so in your notes, you have no idea what God might do through a single word of encouragement. You know, during the beginning of this pandemic, and we had to close our doors for three months, God clearly spoke to me and said, Glenn, this is not the time for the church of God to back up. This is the time for the church of God to rise up and be the church. So instead of backing up and saying, we're going online and we'll see you once a week, what did we do? For three months while we were closed, every single night of the week, we had a time of worship and we had an encouraging word from a different pastor. How many tuned into those? They moved a lot of people, encouraged a lot of people, but it was important that the church of God does not retreat. In the middle of what's happening now, 
I want to speak over you, church. This is our greatest moment to rise up and be the church of God in this dark and a lost world. Every night, we would speak encouragement. You see, whether you realize it or not, every single person that you run into are facing some kind of battle in their life. You see, the devil wants you to feel like you're the only one going through it. You're not the only one going through it. That's why it's important to realize the body of Christ has to come together and encourage one another. In the middle of all that's happening, you're not the only one. We're all going through something, some kind of battle, but because of what Christ has done and is doing inside of us, we can overcome it. But we need to encourage one another. We have enough discouraging voices around us. Can you say amen? There's enough discouragement that's coming from the east and the west and the north and the south. Let the body of Christ rise up to be a light of encouragement in this dark world. I want to look at Job in just a second. Now, if you're not familiar with Job and his life, Job was allowed to be tempted. He was allowed to get sick. The, the enemy came and said, can I make him sick? And the Lord said, you can have him. He's, he's faithful. He's a good man. He's going to overcome. But you see, all the voices around Job were saying, it's your fault that you're sick. It's your fault that destruction has happened all around you. You must have sin in your life because it's your fault. How often do Christians chew up and spit out other Christians? We have enough people talking bad about us in the world. We need to speak life over one another. We need to look after each other and have each other's back. So important, that wasn't happening to Job. The people that he had close to him, the friends, so-called friends, this is what was happening in Job chapter 16, starting in verse two. He says, I've heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Can you imagine what miserable comforter you are? You're supposed to be my friends. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? I love the Bible. Won't you ever stop? Don't you want to just say that to some people? Just say, I got a verse of the day for you. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? I could say the same things if, I were in, if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. And I love this. I want you to circle this in your notes. But if it were me, I would encourage you and I would try to take away your grief. But if it were me, I would try to encourage you and take away your grief. Christians, church, believers, that's the attitude we need to have with the people around us. Instead of pointing our fingers at people, we need to say, but if it were me, I would encourage you, and I would try to take away your grief. The words we speak are filled with power. Either we build up with our words or we tear down with our words, but they're powerful. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. What is coming out of your mouth? Our words are either gonna build your faith, strengthen your confidence, believe that God is for you, believe that God's never going to leave you, believe that God has chosen you, speak those words over the people around you, but look in the mirror, speak those words over you in your life. You see, every one of us are fighting a battle of some kind. So in the middle of the battle, how are we going to encourage one another? Hebrews chapter 
3, verse 13, the writer of Hebrews saw the need of the importance of being encouraging. It says, but encourage one another daily. Everyone say daily. Daily. Some of you are like, well, I encouraged someone back in 1998. No, 1998 is not good enough. It says, encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. What does sin do? Sin lies. Sin distracts. Sin destroys. Sin tells you what you don't have. Sin tears down. Sin says you'll never be happy. Don't believe the lies of sin that are being spoken by the enemy over you in your life and your future. Believe what God says about you. We face discouragement daily. That's why we need encouragement daily. Not a day goes by that we don't hear discouraging voices. Not a day goes by that we don't hear discouraging voices. People, they leave church and are like, woo, praise the Lord, glory. And then the next day, the voices are there. And they're like, praise the Lord, Monday, glory. By Friday, you're like, oh, Lord, where are you? Keep faith. Keep speaking faith over your life. Feed your faith starve your fears. Feed your faith, starve your fears. You see, I need encouragement daily. And because I need encouragement daily, I'm going to generously give it to other people. I need it, I'm gonna give it. But you see people, they say, but Pastor Glenn, I'm just not good at giving encouragement. I'm just not good at it. Well, you know what I say to that person? Well, you need to get good at it because the word of God is clear. It's not just for 10 of us to give words of encouragement. As believers and trusting in God, believing his word, all of us are called to be encouragers. I'm just not good at it. Guess what? When I started riding a bike, I was horrible at it. I was always big. I had balance issues, somewhat uncoordinated. I didn't know how to stop it once I got it going. So I would ride my bike and I'm like, okay, I gotta stop. I didn't know how to stop, so I just wiped out. I wiped out for three months. But guess what? The more I did it, the better I got at it. The more you give encouragement, the more you begin to speak encouraging words and speak words of life, the better you're going to get at it. So where does this start? In your notes, if you think something good, say it. Really? I, I think a lot of, well then say it. This actually does make a call. It, it, you could call people with this. Uh, that, that's, that row back there, the millennial row, our young adult row, we could call people with this. It's not just for the internet, it's just not for Instagram, it's not just for tech. You can actually make, call. what a miracle when this came out. I'm like, wow. We can give words of encouragement through calls on this phone. You have something good to say, text it, say it, write a note. I wanna tell you, the words of encouragement that have come from you during this Pastor Appreciation Month, Elaine and I have just stayed up at night reading these, I'm reading them to her, she's reading them to me, 
it has brought such life, knowing that there's a congregation that truly does love us and are speaking words of affirmation over us. It's changed us. It makes us so enjoying what we're doing. Your words matter. This is the last week of Pastor Appreciation Month. We're good, but I want to encourage you. We have 10 other pastors. Write something nice to them. Let them know. We have pastors that are chasing around your middle school child. <laughs> Acknowledge it. Thank them for that. Your words make a difference. Your words have made a difference for me. Your words make a difference for everyone around you. Why would you ever rob someone of the blessing that goes unexpressed? The blessing of your words, you're speaking life. But without speaking life, then it's going unexpressed. And what you're doing is you're robbing joy from the people that God's called you to speak encouragement over their life. In your marriage, speak words of life. With your children, speak words of life. So many children, they come to me and they're in their 50s and 60s. All they remember are the negative things that were spoken over them by their parents. Man, this is an opportunity to speak words of life over our children. Well, Pastor Glenn, my kids are 60. Call your 60-year-old kid. I just turned 55. When my parents say something nice, it feels good. So say nice things. You know what we do at the Davis family? I like to give you little things that we do. On birthdays, I just had a birthday. I turned 55. Then everyone around the table, they said like 10 nice things about me. I'm like, wow, dad, you're cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. You're funny? <laughs> funny. You're wise? Man, my kids think I'm wise. See, I mean, I'm getting excited. Feel, I'm just talking myself up right now, man. I'm feeling good. But that's what you can do with the people around you, people that are in your life, your family, your spouse. Be positive and encouraging in your sphere of influence. Whether it's your job, whether it's your family, whether it's your neighbors. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, everyone say only, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. We have so many reasons to be encouraged. Try saying a hundred words of encouragement to one word of correction or one word of direction. One hundred words. I'd rather my children hear a hundred words that are good and they begin to believe those things instead of the constant negative things that is being thrown at them in this world. Elaine and I, when we go out, we look at each other's eyes and we say what we feel. So many people are like, well, I feel it. They should know it. They live with me, they should know it. No, they don't know it. Speak those words to your husband. Speak those words over your spouse. I have women that say, my husband's just not the spiritual leader. And they say it right in front of the husband. And he's like, well, you know, uh, I go to church once a month, yeah. You know what I say to those women? Encourage your husband. Say the one time he may pray over a meal at Christmas, thank you, Lord, for this meal. Amen. Inside you're like, man, that's a pretty 
crappy prayer. But don't say that. You look at your spouse and you go, I like it when you pray like that. And lay a big smackaroonie right in the middle of his lips. Guess what? That guy's going to start praying 10 times a day because he is being made happy. So be an encourager. Job said, if it were me, I would say something good about that person. You have no idea what God can do with one single word. Healing for your marriage. Hope for your children. You can change someone's destiny by a single word of encouragement. Probably about six years ago, seven years ago, we had a men's conference. Pastor Gammon was the men's pastor at the time. And we went and we were praying over people. It was a great conference. I didn't think anything significant happened between me and anyone. Three years later, someone came to my office and he said, do you remember me? And I looked at him, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen you before in my life. He goes, well, this is what happened. I was at that men's retreat. You were praying for other men and you stopped mid-prayer and you turned to me, put both hands on my shoulders. That's back when you could do that, both hands on the shoulders. And you said, God has something great for you. God has called you to be a world changer. So receive what God wants to do and walk it out. That's all I said. Turned back and started praying for other people. Those three years later, he said, at that moment, my life changed. He said, I began to prepare myself for what God was calling me to do. He was called by God to be a missionary to North Korea. He sold everything, went to North Korea, has had influence with witnessing with people that were connected to Kim Ung Joon. He ended up meeting his spouse, having his child. His destiny was radically changed because of a moment where God clearly said, Glenn, look over and speak words of life to this young man. He received it and he walked it out and his world is never gonna be the same again. Think about one word can change one life. But you see, sometimes it's us that needs the encouragement. Today we've talked about encouraging all these other people, but what about me? There's times I'm discouraged. What about you? There's times the person that needs the greatest encouragement is you. It's me. I want to look at David. David, mighty warrior, took his, his guys and the armies out and went to Ziklag. After they had conquered and won the war, they came back and they found that their land was in ruins. The people, while they were at war, came and kidnapped their wives and their children, held them captive, burned down the city. The men who were once rejoicing began to look at David and say, this is your fault. You caused this. And they wept together and they cried together. And the men began to turn on David to the point where they threatened that they were going to kill him and have him stoned. This is where we're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. It says, David was now in great danger because of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to start talking about stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength in the middle of a moment where everybody was in despair. They lost everything. David found strength in the Lord his God. The word found strength comes from the Hebrew word chizak. That means to tell yourself 
to be strong. The Hebrew word implies talking to yourself. So many people, they're locked in a battle in their mind and they're constantly reviewing negative things and you're speaking over yourself death, destruction, discouraging words. David was getting his chizak back. In today's term, we could call it, we need to get our swag back on. He was discouraged, but he talked to himself. He encouraged himself. It even says it in Samuel 36, the King James Version says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David reminded himself of the goodness of God. David reminded himself of the faithfulness of his God. He reminded himself of the power of God. He reminded himself of God's grace and God's mercy. David, in the middle of despair, began to work himself up and found strength as he looked in the mirror and encouraged himself in the Lord. When you're at your darkest place, there's not always gonna be somebody there to speak words of encouragement. I'm not gonna be there. But you're gonna be there alone, and the Bible says, encourage yourself in the Lord. Get your chazak back on. Remind yourself who God is. Remind yourself of what God has already done and what God is getting ready to do again in your life. Don't stay in that place of destruction and discouragement. A couple of verses later, it says, then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. You see, this verse happened after David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's victory ahead in front of you after you begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. You begin to speak what the Lord says about who you are and what he's going to do in you. In your notes, it's so easy to hear the negative things and believe those, but positive words are difficult to remember. Negative words are difficult to forget. People will tell me all the time, people after service, Pastor Glenn, that was great. Oh, you're a great pastor. You're this, this. I hear it. But you know that one thing with the person says, man, that was terrible. What am I going to remember? You may have 50 people telling you, man, you're such a good employee, but you have that one person that says, you're really not such a great employee. What are you going to remember? You see, our brains are wired a certain way. Neurologists, they have had studies where it says that our brain immediately believes negative things about ourselves, immediately. But it takes at least 15 seconds of focusing on the positive things to really begin to believe that they are true. What you say to yourself, it matters. Are your words words of life? Are you speaking words over your life of death, defeat, and destruction? Or are you speaking over your life words that are encouraging, life-giving, and lifting you up? You know, as you read the book of Psalms, it's like reading David's private prayer journal. So often it's the inner dialogue with himself. And in there we see where three times he makes this statement. Three times. He says, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. Put your hope in God. David himself he saw God move in such great ways, but in his journey, there were times he was discouraged over and over. He'd say, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. Why, 
Why are you so down? Why are you so fearful? Why are you so depressed? Why are you so discouraged? God is with you. Put your hope in God. With God, we have a hope in the future. David encouraged himself. He didn't say, oh, David, you got this. David, just pull up your bootstraps and get out there. He put his hope in God. Church, let's get our chazak back. Begin to talk to yourself, believe, preach to yourself. You don't have to have me in your window preaching at you. You've got it inside of you. Let the word of God that is inside of you begin to come out. We have so many reasons to be encouraged. Think about what God says about you. What does God say? He says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You are a child of the living God. Join heirs with Christ. You are an ambassador representing Christ to a lost and a dying world. You are free from sin and death. You have the mind of Christ. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. You're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. You're restored. You're redeemed. You're a workmanship of Christ Jesus himself. You're a masterpiece called by God for good works. You're a new creation. You're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You're the head, you're not the tail. You're blessed coming and you're blessed going. You are seated in heavenly places. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Whether you have much or you have little, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. We live in a world that's dark. We live in a world that's negative. But as a church, as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, we will love unconditionally. We will walk by faith. We will encourage those around us and we will overcome the world. Be encouraged, church. God is for you. He cares for you. You matter, and he will see you through. Church, let's be that voice of encouragement to this dark, negative world. God wants to bless you. God wants to heal you. God wants to raise you up. God's not done with you yet. Be encouraged and receive the blessings of God that he has for you. Could we all stand together? Today we're doing something a little bit different, but I wanna encourage you, no matter what's happening in your life, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley, put your heart in a position to receive. Put your heart in the place to receive the blessing of God over your life in every area of your life.
Did you feel that? Did you feel the blessing of the Lord upon you? He is in this place. He is in your heart. He wants you to be encouraged. He wants to pour encouragement into you so that you can pour it to those around you. That's what this is about. It's a beautiful, great time because it is a time that we can lift others up. Would you have a seat for just a moment? We never wanna let a Sunday pass without addressing the most important thing in the universe. And that is eternity. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? There's no one looking around. I believe that there are people in this room here today, maybe you, that you've been feeling God tugging on your heart. He's been chasing you. He wants you to know his love. And the reason that you've been feeling that is that he wants you to know that eternal life with him is not something that you can earn and he doesn't expect you to earn it. It's a gift. He sent his son Jesus to die for you, to do what you could not, to take the punishment that you and I deserved and to give as a free gift eternal life with him and eternal life starting now a new life with Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's what the gospel is. It is good, good news. Once you give your heart to him, the good works flow from you because you're in partnership with him, but it's not something you can earn. And if that's you today, and you've been feeling him tugging your heart, sensing that Jesus has been chasing you, I would like an opportunity to pray for you Everybody's heads are bowed, eyes are closed. There's nobody looking around. I'm not gonna call you out or embarrass you, but I'm gonna count to three. When I count to three, if you would like that, if you would like me to pray for you, just you, me, and God will know. Count to three, just raise your hand, slip it up in the air. As soon as I see it, you can put it right back down. One, two, Three, raise your hand if that's you. I see your hand and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours. Yes, and yours and yours and yours and thank you. And yours, sir, and yours, ma'am, and yours, ma'am. And yours, yes, thank you, and yours, and yours, and yours, and yours. Thank you, thank you. So many hands. Father, I pray for those that lifted their hands. Pray, Father, that this day would not pass without them knowing your abundant love, that an experience of rebirth happens this very day. I pray that as your gift to them in Jesus' name. And in everyone in this room, would you say this prayer after me for the sake of those that raise their hands, all of us together. And if you did raise your hand and you're saying this prayer for the first time, meaning it in your heart, God always answers yes to this prayer. Eternal life will be yours if you're praying it in faith. But let's all pray together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've made mistakes. But you sent your son to die for me. 
and raised him up on the third day to give me life. I pray forgiveness for my sins. And I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord, my Savior, and my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just give God some praise in this place? I pray for each and every one of you as we go out today that we would be encouragement bearers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Man, wasn't that amazing message today on week three of Good Vibes? If you would like someone to pray with you today, please feel free to reach out to us at countryside.cc slash prayer. We would love to connect with you and pray with you. Also, we have some amazing things throughout the week on our social media on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so stay connected with us then. But we hope you have a great week, and we will see you next time.